Welcome to TBI Talks Tech. I'm your sales trainer, Eric Hills, and along with me is operations trainer, Dave Polakowski. And again, Eric, we have another episode on CCAS, which is a hot topic. 8x8 provides cloud communication, collaboration, and contact center applications to keep your business and people productive no matter where they are in the world. In today's changing landscape, the shift to a contact-free economy is putting even more emphasis on the contact center to stand as an epicenter for the organization and keeping customer connections thriving. Contact centers are looking to adapt this new reality while also matching consumer demands. Self-service is a channel many centers are looking to reinvigorate as they seek to provide convenience and consistency in order for customers to effortlessly stay connected with the business. Additionally, as customer preferences begin to shift in favor of this channel, it is through AI-assisted self-service that new and improved options have been presented to contact centers seeking to stay connected amid changing times. 8x8 Contact Center offers just the answer. With 8x8 Intelligent IVR, businesses can easily design effortless self-service experiences that leverage AI through natural language processing and machine learning to help delight customers and reduce operational costs. With graphical scripting tools, prepackaged applications, and a dynamic integration framework, Intelligent IVR is one of the most user-friendly, adaptable, and powerful self-service offerings on the market. And the excitement doesn't stop there. Now through September 30th, your customers can take advantage of a special offer, 25% off all Intelligent IVR products. Take advantage of this exclusive offer to help your customers elevate their approach to self-service and deliver convenience to keep customer connections strong. 8x8 Intelligent IVR is part of a robust set of tools that make up the complete 8x8 contact center, which is an all-in-one solution enabling contact centers to support every touch point in the customer journey while connecting and collaborating internally and externally to excel in the experience economy. And also, now through September 30th, our partners can take advantage of an 8XMRR spiff. For more information, please reach out to TBI. CCAS. So, you know, we've got John Romeo back with us. Welcome, John. Thank you. And when we had you on last, it was episode three. You know, we were talking about CCAS and customer experience, the way buying decisions are being influenced outside of the IT department. All that's still relevant today, but with COVID and what's going on in the world, you know, CCAS more remote deployment and getting people to work, you know, off premise. I mean, Dave Polakowski, you have a pretty good finger operationally on the pulse as far as requests that we saw initially when people were scrambling to get people deployed remotely. What did you see in that first week or two as far as request types? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, everyone was kind of scrambling. So, um, you know, obviously a lot going on. But so, you know, kind of the first wave we saw was VPNs and remote setups, obviously, as we started to transition to working from home. The question I would pose to John, as he is the expert, is where are customer needs uh, going to take the agents next? Yeah, well, quite frankly, it's uh, remote business continuity strategies, Dave. That That's where we're actually seeing it. It's going to become mandatory among these businesses. Can you define uh, kind of what business continuity strategy is? So it's, it's going to be uh, business continuity strategy is going to be defined as having a resilient, redundant, remote working environment, uh, compensating all your communication systems, whether it being CRMs, databases, anything accessible by the cloud. This typically will be your voice, contact centers, and even the other side of the cloud with uh, data, infra- uh, data center infrastructure. One thing I did want to mention is you might want to say, well, you know, why is this important? You know, um, I want to mention a, a research 
research study that was done by Nemeritus Research, who surveyed 460 companies in eight countries with an average employee count of 8,000. In their research, uh, David, they discovered that post-COVID, at least 70% of their employers will continue to let their employees work from home. Wow. Now, the second question is, yeah, is, is you may want to ask is why? You know, well, the top two reasons employers came back with were number one, quality of life, and number two, it will prepare us for future disasters. Notice preparing us for future disasters is one of the top two in the list. So it's very, very critical here. Is it just the future disaster piece, John, that's going to lead business continuity strategies to be mandatory now? Or why are organizations going to start making business continuity strategies mandatory? It's going to be uh, the CEOs and IT leaders are demanding it. Why? Uh, you know, in the past, it's because the, only these businesses looked into considering a natural disaster, such as a terrorist attack, or only looked at physical geographical redundancy, uh, you know, such as earthquakes, hurricanes, terrorist attacks, like I mentioned. Now, what seemed to be as a nice to have is an, now an overnight urgent requirement. Even the businesses that will be sending their employees back to the office when COVID subsides will have a remote business continuity strategy. Why? Because of the simple fact of, you know, what if this happens again? Mm-hmm. You know, what if there's a second wave of COVID right. or, or another pandemic that requires the world to stay at home again? The question you need to ask yourself is, can your business afford not to have a remote business strategy? You know, it's crazy to think, um, well, at least for me, it, it definitely feels like it's, you know, been a couple months in, but, you know, we've been th- kind of going through this for a couple months now. What types of business continuity strategies have you seen discussed, um, you know, in those recent months? Yes, as you mentioned, David, you know, just like uh, TBI, many businesses have, have deployed, rapidly deployed their voice contact center ancillary components to the cloud, many in a matter of days, not weeks or months, which have traditionally been the timeline. I'll give you a couple examples here. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, that there was a large, well-known insurance company uh, based in Indiana, number 33 in the Fortune 500, uh, reached out to one of our vendors with an urgent need for a modern contact center solution. This was during COVID that would enable 1,400 agents to work remote. This vendor jumped on a call that evening to understand the requirements uh, thoroughly, and over the next seven days, the team worked tirelessly to build out a solution to meet their needs. Normally, this would take three months to make this change, but with everybody getting together, this was done uh, you know, in a matter of seven days. 1,400 agents in seven days is pretty impressive. Wow, yeah, that's um, pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I have an example, another example of a marketing firm that I worked with who had on-prem voice contact center and on-prem dialer, and on-prem reporting and cannot access any of their communication uh, equipment. They had actually used their cell phone, reporting was offline, and their business couldn't function, period. So they reached out to me immediately about solutions. So we're getting many of these uh, calls uh, you know, a lot of a lot of these have been band-aids or emergencies, but now, uh, now these uh, customers are going back. Their IT leaders and CIOs are going back. CIOs are going back and saying, "Hey, look, you know, we need to lock this down before it was land to land redundancy resiliency. Now it's going to be land to WAN. For every contact center I have in the land, I need a contact center agent in the WAN." Absolutely. Yeah, there's always that, you know, you hate to take the fear, uncertainty, doubt approach, but what if it happens again? What are you going to do? And I think the two examples you just gave, John, you know, insurance company, marketing firm, two different industries, depending on who you're talking to, business continuity planning, it's going to vary pretty drastically. I mean, business continuity, it's pretty general blanket type of term. I mean, if we're just focused more on business strategies, to create business continuity plans, give us an idea of, of what we need to do there. 
Yeah, I would say if you're looking at the business strategy side of it, uh, the number one thing you need to do is evaluate and identify the most mission critical elements of your CCAS uh, system. So then you can deploy you know, new uh, services such, such as Omnichannel, increase flexibility, and gain the cost benefit that you expect. Um, you know, once you know which components you'll be migrating, you want to determine which data you should be migrating because moving and storing data costs money. So identify which data is essential, for example. If you have old customer data or historical data, well, you know, that's rarely used, but maybe that should remain on premises. The next thing you should do is, you know, work with the TBI Tech Guru team to identify which vendors are best suited for your new remote cloud environment. And we'll work with you from discovery, plan, and design phases. And number three, you should create a project plan to migrate to your new environment the quickest and easiest without much disruption to your end user base. So, John, I wanted to make uh, a distinction for our listeners, I guess. So can you explain, I guess, some of the difference between business strategies for business continuity and technical strategies for uh, business continuity? Yeah. So I just went through the business continuity piece. But, you know, if you're looking at technical Mm -hmm. strategies, number one, you want to evaluate your company's first thing you want to do is evaluate your your company's WAN infrastructure and your agent's Internet connection speeds. Because, quite frankly, a contact center is only as good as the network it rides upon. If you have poor Internet quality and you can't get the calls through, what's what's, you know, what good is that going to do your business, right? Uh, number two, take a phased approach. Start with a portion of your contact center seats, perhaps a department that may be less critical to your business. This also gives adequate time for your agents and supervisors to learn the new system and get acclimated. And finally, make sure your company has enough VPN licenses and test the system under a full load. Do this twice per year as recommended, as you would any disaster recovery architecture your company owns, to ensure full resiliency and uptime and no surprise failures. I think that's a, that's a really good point on the VPN licensing and just making sure that the, the tunnels you have set up can handle 90 or 100% of your workforce all trying to be on the VPN at, at the same time. I know my wife works for a really large Fortune 100 company. And she's had a lot of trouble connecting and she can't get to her email unless she's on that VPN. So yeah, that's, that's all good food for thought for our agents. But I know, you know, our agents are like, well, where do I start, right? Uh, and, and it's not really as simple as just going to a customer or prospect and say, hey, do you need business continuity or, or, you know, call center as a service to make sure you can deploy your workforce remotely? You know, so where are agents and missing the opportunity to work in that business continuity or contact center as a service messaging when we're talking about planning? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty uh, plain and simple. You know, asking the right questions to open the door. For most agents, contact center and even unified communications in some cases seem like uncharted territory. You know, Eric, I've only been here a few months, but I've discovered some agents have a fear of diving into unknown technologies, knowing that they have to get there or they're going to phase out in this revolutionary industry moving to the cloud and now more than ever with great importance. The most common stereotypes I've heard, Eric, are you know, quote, contact center is complex. The, the sales cycles are so long. I'll never get paid. You know, mm-hmm. that may be something in the past with on-prem contact centers of the many different components. But, you know, today's contact centers are in shared software instance models that can easily be spun up in the cloud compared to the on-prem contact centers where you needed on-site expertise and a sales and installation cycle that can last anywhere from 9 to 12 mm-hmm. months. You know, the times have changed. 
the key to success is asking the right questions. You know, typically uh, there are four, five to seven simple probing questions you can ask to open these doors. I mean, even if you believe that contact center is complex, the questions to ask are not. And the TBI Tech Guru team will be right here with you side by side to help you walk through initial discovery, design, vendor selection, and close. No, that's awesome. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, John. It's good to know we have we have you guys as a resource. So, John, I got to put on my operations hat, as I often do. I just want to ask you, so can you give us, I guess, for each of the CCAS vendors in our portfolio, our portfolio, sorry, a bullet or two or just kind of some information? Um, no, typically that's, uh, that's not what, uh, not, it's not what we're all about here. That, that can't be done with contact center. Um, and typically it's because contact center design is based purely on business outcomes. Contact center is not a check the box commodity sale. I'm going to give you an example here. You know, uh, you may have vendor a, uh, contact center vendor a state. We, well, we're the best that integrates with Salesforce and another says the same. So how do you really choose who really is the right vendor? The key is we don't in contact center, we don't pick on features and functionalities. Vendor A may be the sales best in Salesforce integration, but maybe they aren't so hot with outbound dialing capabilities. Take for instance, the purchase of a house. A house is a big investment. Would you buy a house solely on the premise that they have an awesome kitchen or awesome man cave? No, you wouldn't. As a home buyer, you look at all the rooms, all the floor space and all the amenities. You wanna make sure that home is a perfect fit for you and your family. The same rules apply to you and your business and your decisions and technology as well. As a member of the Tech Guru team, I will first evaluate these business drivers in order to facilitate the change and carefully work with your customers to evaluate which features are the most critical to your business, followed by design best practices and implementation. I think that's a really good point, John. And yeah, thanks for you know telling us no. You know, agents right. always yeah. want those quick one or two bullets. Hey, what do I need to know about this vendor really quick? And it's it's not always that easy. So yeah, I hope they leverage you and the Tech Gurus team. By and large, is there anything you want to let our audience know about the Tech Guru team as far as strategy? You know, what what you guys have been working on, or just a general messaging to our, our partner community on your group before we let you jump here? Um, yes, basically. So as I mentioned that, you know, I'm pretty busy. Uh, I've, I will say that I've been busier than ever since the COVID-19 pandemic. My counterpart, Jim Demetrius, has been busy. He's also in cloud, working a lot of infrastructure as a service deals, colo, disaster recovery. So what I'm saying is this, if, if you don't think uh, there's opportunities out there for business continuity or somebody says, yeah, I have, I'm, I'm good. My, you know, I have my workers working remote. Well, check again, because anything that was done in a rush usually means they missed something. You know, there's requirements that are missed. And if we have this pandemic again, there may be some uh, holes in there for failure. So work with our team. Let's evaluate the business continuity strategies um, that you have, whether your partners or customers, sorry, whether your customers say they, they have a business continuity strategy, uh, let's evaluate those because even if they say they, they don't have one, they're not going to work on one, I guarantee you someone at the top saying do it. Absolutely. Uh, and you, you had mentioned before, you know, there are five to seven simple probing questions you can ask to open the doors. We're not going to go through the list one through seven now, but selfishly, I've got to plug it mid-May. We're going to have our contact center as a service training that'll be launching on the University of TBI uh, myself, Brian Yoder, another one of our sales trainers lead that session. It's a fun training, guys. We don't make it too dry. It's a sales training. Like John said, don't be afraid. Get out there. Start asking some of those questions, and there'll be an accompanying job aid with that training. 
that'll have more than seven probing questions on there. You can get out, start asking customers today, see what you turn up and get John and his tech guru group involved. Well, John, we're, we're always happy to have you. And, uh, you know, obviously when we talk CCAST, we, we got to get you involved because you're, you're the go-to guy. So uh, thanks for uh, providing us that resource. And I hope people, uh, you know, take you up on that as well. Yes, it's, and you know, I, what I also want to put out there to the partners is you're helping these customers with business continuity plans because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, how long and how, you know, how long can your business go down? How long can you be not work? How long can your business not be functioning before you feel the financial effects? You know, you're, you're actually feeling good about doing something, protecting, you know, protecting their business for the next, next pandemic. It's good food for thought, John. Yeah, thanks again for your time. All our listeners out there, the podcast distro, it's TTT Podcast, TBI Talks Tech Podcast, TTT Podcast at TBICom.com. Questions, comments, topics, send them on in. We'll see you guys next time.